Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Life Journal like that. Well, this is we're going to do another podcast first here. Uh, we're in my shop. Uh, I have a nice little heated shop out here. We've got tons of stories to tell today, but we thought we'd start with some knife content. <laughs> and, uh, knife content. Right, so I don't know, maybe there's some knife podcasts I don't know about that have... Uh, Inaugurated their new knife shop on their podcast, but I don't. I don't think so. I think this is a first. This okay. is truly a first. Okay. So um, I uh, I've been playing around in the shop and I made a couple little things, but the first thing I'm actually going to sell is now uh, sitting in my hand, and uh, it needs to be stamped. And so Jim and I are going to try to stamp this uh, live on the podcast. It means I'm going to hit it with a hammer. Yeah, I don't. I wonder how we should do this because you hold uh, it. I'll just freaking. Well, the the, the no, yeah, not that hard. Not that hard. You you don't even need that. <laughs> like really, the hammer you need is. Uh, let me find the right hammer, but I better take my coat off. Yeah. Um, I could get hurt doing this. Right. Well, I, actually, I don't care if you get hurt. I care if you mash my fingers. That's the issue. I don't give a shit about that. Okay, so. The uh, let me find the right hammer. Uh, this hammer. What's wrong with this hammer? No, that's not that's not heavy enough. Well, then I think that that eight pound sledge ought to be fine. Yeah, I know, but I you don't have to do a full swing on it, and I'm not looking to have my hand broke. So, all right. I hit the same place every time. Okay, so we're gonna have a practice. Uh, just, just show me how hard you're going to hit it on the. Well, no, you never hit the top of an anvil without. Uh, wait, let me put something else there. Um, just kind of do a practice one here. Well, show me. Give me, give me your stamp. Okay, so if my is this hand hard? Is, no, that's not hardened. So it has to be a little harder. Yep. Like that, maybe just a touch harder. Very good, like that. Okay. How about so if now, I hold it, then I'll feel more comfortable. No, it's all right. No, it's it's hard to hold it and swing the hammer. So I have like a little. Dude, see thing. the size of my arms? They're not fucking sp- spaghetti things. Look at this. <laughs> all right, but okay. So yeah. Good, Ready? Good, good, good whack there. Maybe we need to hit one more here. Double stamp it. No, I now see. Now we're in. No, that's a good stamp. I think I might just. A lot of times I'll give these one or two whacks just because. Uh, Get it lined up perfect. Yeah, and I give it a good one there. Very good. Okay, so <laughs> so the verse egg stamp is in why there did now. You well, why do you think I jumped? I've got. Uh, my livelihood is, is underneath an eight-pound sledge. Now it's not like it was your testicles, for God's sakes. Okay, now here comes the uh, other stamp. Um, now this stamp, 
requires a little bit more vigorous uh, whack. And I have a jig for it. Um, Why does it require a jig more? Well, because I got this stamp from Everstamp that it's just, it, they didn't make the things like deep enough on it or something. Where did I put that other stamp? Mm-hmm. You walked over there with it, walked around here with it. I have oh. no idea. Uh, Last time I used it, I put it back. Well, I just had That's it. what my dad used to say all the time. Yeah, I just there. had that. It's right there. Where? Isn't it on the table right there? Oh, that's not it? No, that's not a stamp. It looks like the other one. It's in here somewhere. I just had it. I must have set it down. Maybe I will run in the house real quick and see if I... Some. I, I don't think... There's no way I put it in there. I had. I just had it out here. Oh, you did just have it here. Yeah, because I, I didn't see it. I when I went over and picked up my stamps. Bark River Knives offers the best combination of ultra-modern CNC components and old-world craftsmanship. All Bark River Knives are hand-convex ground and sharpened to perfect cutting geometry for the task they are designed to perform. Bark River Knives are available through our authorized dealers. why this is a first. This is the first time that somebody has ever lost a stamp for his company on the podcast. And uh, I'm stamping the first knife that we make. And so now I have to figure out what to do. I have some alphanumerics and I also have a 37 somewhere. That is Freaking. It didn't fall in the water, did it? I don't think so. I see something now. Is that it? Oh my god. How the hell would it have fallen in the water and we didn't hear it? I, I, don't, I don't know, but you're awesome. <laughs> see, I told you that she would find it. Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. 
So uh, that's another podcast first. There's no possibility that this would have fallen in the water without Jim and I hearing it. Well, and, well uh, you hear it because my ears are suck. Well, I would have heard it. I am pretty sharp about that stuff. But. Okay. Can you bring this in the house? Oh, your hands are off. Well, one of, my, one of my hands is here. You got an iPhone? No, it's a Garmin. He got it for me. Nice. And I earned my skis that you got me yesterday by finding that. Right? Yeah, I know. This is you earned your what? My skis. You got me skis. Okay. So yeah, here's... You came up there and you didn't call. Hey, let's do lunch. Well, we weren't up there yeah, for long enough. Yeah, we came up from two to four. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so here's the, here's the problem with this stamp. It doesn't imprint hard enough if you just whack it. Like, oh, so you want me to really whack it? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go crazy. Like we can do a practice run, but oh, uh, so this needs to be all ground down on the outside. Well, that's that's how it's it should be though, because that's supposed to print in. Okay. It's just it's such a wide surface area that it, it, you have to use right. a good whack. So we're gonna do a practice run here on the other thing, um, so you can kind of calibrate. You want me to use this hammer? You want me to use the forging hammer? Maybe the forging hammer. See, it does print, um, but if you print with this stamp, you've got to make sure that you are done with whatever modifications you're going to make to the blade uh, before you stamp it. Just, that's it? Yeah. Give it a good whack. Let's see how that did. That's pretty good. Yeah, so if we can stamp it that hard... Then it should, I mean, you can you can give it a, as good of a whack as you can possibly give it. I think is the is the ticket here. I'm looking for you to give that as good of a whack as you physically can without breaking yourself. Didn't even dent it. Hmm? Didn't even dent it. Didn't even dent it because it didn't go down. So that was me uh, freshening up the thing so we can see where it where it prints. I'm gonna really smack it this time. Okay. And then are you gonna hold this or nope? Just gonna two-handed swing it. All right. Here here it is, people. He's gonna give it the whack of the century. You could use the other one, I suppose. You want to use the eight pounder? I mean, don't overhand it, but like, you know what I mean. Give it a, a good solid whack. Good enough. Yeah, perfect. Now, see, Jim made the oh, awesome. Yeah. See, that's how hard you have to hit it yeah. with these. Hmm. Uh, so Jim did a good job, and now we're going to stamp in the number one. And this is the uh, first Michigan knife. Uh, that I'm going to sell. I've made some other stuff, but not ready for prime time because you know, in the the way I do this is is I prototype stuff, play with it, mess yeah. around with it, and anyway, you know how it is. Mm -hmm. uh, not ready for prime time, but this one I think is going to be ready for prime time. So, hey Paul. So let me give me the one, and I'll hold it and hit it. Okay, but I need to find that other little block to put underneath it. Oh, that this one here. 
this one here. And I'll line it up here. Blade number one. That's where you want it, right there? Yeah, and this one you don't have to worry so much because these these ones really, these ones stamp deep. You sure now? Yep. Number one. See? Perfect. Those are better stamps, even yeah. though they're El Cheapo bullshit stamps. So, there it was, PayPal. We have uh, officially stamped the first blade. Yep, and uh, so... Um, this will be finished. Uh, Tim Zawada has, uh, is sending my, he sent me an email the other day that my kiln is shipped. And so hopefully in the near future here, I'll be able to heat treat these. I don't sell anything without a bomb proof heat treat. The other thing I'm probably going to have to end up buying, but there are many thousands is a RC tester. Um, but they are very expensive. Yeah, they're a couple, you know, $2,500, $3,000 for one. And you got to calibrate them, too. How do they calibrate them? Must have somebody come around doing that. Weights and measures guy. Yeah, I mean, that, and that, you know, so the thing is, is like, I can do it that way or I can follow the formula and then test each blade. Um, so far, everything I've ever made, even just using a janky backyard heat treat, has been like pretty good. Yeah, bomb proof. Never had a problem with anything, but it only takes one. I know that's the thing. <laughs> well, and that's why with with my <clears throat> knives, I just tell them if there's anything that you don't like about it, if it smells funny, send it back, and and I'll give you your money back. Like I would rather not have the problem, and I'll either right. keep it for myself, or I'll determine that you're crazy. And if I think you're an idiot and you're crazy, I'm just going to resell it. You know, and I've never had a knife uh, come back except for resharpening. This one guy, he carries his knives. He carries the knife I made him. I made him a Grendel. He obsesses about it. He's cleaned like four deer with it. And, like, <laughs> like he has it with him all the time. Like That's he stupid. hates to fly because he can't have it with him. And like he'll sit there watching TV like. <laughs> my, precious. my precious like that. <laughs> my precious so anyway um i think uh you want to you want to keep podcasting from out here I, you, I'm inside. you okay to stand out here maybe maybe run another cider or what would you do inside well that's the problem inside we'd have to go in my office uh we could close the door let's do that okay all right people oh, we're going to take a quick break Assured me that I could speak. Sit down inside the car. We're not assuring anything. We're under arrest. Look, I'm under what? Come on. Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. Have a look at the headlock here. See that chap over there? Get your hand off my penis! This is the bloke who got me on the penis before. Get some cups. Why did you do this to me? in the car. Get some cups. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal. A succulent Chinese meal. Oh, that's a nice headlock, sir. Oh, ah, yes. I see that you know your judo well. Good one. And you, sir. 
Are you waiting to receive my limp penis? How dare get your hands on me? Okay, so we're back, and uh, we walked into my office, and Jim has the uh, expedition knives. Uh, I'm uh, I'm qu- currently quality controlling them. Um, this is something I didn't used to do, but then I saw Jackie at Bark River doing it. She's good at it too. Yeah, if honestly, if you have a custom knife and you want somebody to look at it, that's gonna fucking tear it apart. <laughs> Like Jackie at uh, Bark River will do it. And I've seen her send back stuff that I looked and looked and looked and didn't see it, but she saw it. Like, I looked it over before. She enjoys it. Right. (laughs) She loves it because, you know, she likes to say, you're not perfect and stuff. (laughs) But anyway, so I've looked at knives that she has uh, before she looked at them. And I said, well, this is a fantastic thing. And then she would find something in there. That was minuscule, but she found it anyway. And uh, so, so these were ones that you did. In, you finished in Iowa. No, these were these you were blanks that I started. They got heat treated by TM Hunt, and that's it. Okay. So the I've got a big stack of blanks uh, left from Iowa that I'm slowly working through. Uh-huh. The stuff I'm doing right now is the expedition knives. So. They these were sold when they were cocktail napkin drawings. Um, Jim has played with uh, Jonathan Eldridge's one. Uh, that black one is going to an active duty Marine uh, after I fix it. Um, there's it's really 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 subtle stuff, but it's there, you know. And I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm. That, so Jim found it too, but I'm not. I don't have to sell knives. I don't have to crank these things out. If I'm going to send something out, I'm going to spend... This right here, too. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to spend, like, a long time making sure that it's as good as I can possibly do. And so the knives are done. Um, the the red-handled one is going to our friend uh, uh, that we also have to talk about later, Jari, or Jer Bear. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember him from yep, uh, Glib? Yep, yep. Well, he 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 pre-spoke for that one before it was ever even he pre-spoke for that a long time ago. Anyway, um, we have some stuff to talk about with him because uh, we also have to talk about the racing stuff. Anyway, with these knives, uh, you have to you have to sit you have to get the knife, polish it up, clean it up. Make it so it looks presentable, and then step away from it for a couple days. Step away from it for a week even. Then come back to it and look at it uh, when you're not so attached to it, when you're not like, oh my God, this is the perfect knife, I just love it. And then, that is true. And then you come back to it, or you have to have a Jackie do it for right, you. Right, and that's and, not, and that's and not that's, unusual, too. A lot of guys will have their wives look at them. Well, the thing <clears> is, is like my wife isn't trained. Like, I would send everything I had to Jackie uh, if if it was feasible. It's just not feasible. Like, 
if you if you have a quality control thing, or if you don't have one, you need to develop one because right. like, uh, and the the only way I've figured out how to do quality control is to just step away from it, depersonalize it, get yourself out of the mindset of okay, well I just spent fucking eight hours building this knife. Uh, start your next knife. Then come back to the old one and look at it and say, okay, well, this is crap. This if, is no good. And if you have somebody else do it, don't get pissed. Right, exactly. You're They're doing you a favor by pointing out the problems because these are, you want to put the best possible thing out there mm-hmm. that you can, you can physically accomplish. Yep, that's correct. And now if you look up in that brown box, mm-hmm. Those are uh, those are my surgical loops. So that's two and a half power magnification. Oh, cool. I want and, some uh, of these. Right, and so I look over everything with those to make sure there's no flat spots, to make sure there's no crazy stuff. Ooh, how um, much do these cost? Those are several thousand dollars. Um, and actually, well, you you'd have to back pair? up. You'd have to back up way. Yeah, they're they're meant for operating distance. That's what I do my surgeries with. Is those. What's next? So I uh, I just I just Instagrammed a picture of the of the uh, yeah stamp. Sweet. So um, actually, Versteg Blades Michigan was stamped by none other than my best friend in the whole <laughs> wide world, James Noka. In the wide world. That's that word. Isn't that what Forrest Gump said? In the wide in world. In the whole wide world. Yeah. <laughs> So we're gonna go uh, see a blues harmonica player tonight. Yeah, Jim. Uh, Jim actually, and he brought his lovely wife down. And I keep telling you guys, when you come down, plan to stay overnight. I know. The problem that we have, obviously, it's not just the dogs, but the fact that we have stuff that she's got to do on the weekend that she can only do on the weekend. And yeah. what ends up happening if we stay the night tonight? Okay, we will get up tomorrow early. And we will drag ass until 11.30, Yeah, but I have a nerd game to play tomorrow. I know, but we'll still I was giving ass. you an out. <clears throat> I know, I know. And that's okay. We'll we'll do it. We'll do it. You guys got to come by us now. It's, yeah, we've we been down to, here like four times now. So I know. We, so so the next, next time we're going to have to come up for a weekend visit because yep. they come down here. And we just haven't gone up there. And yep. our dog is easy, He's much easier more to deal easier with to than, than his. So, yep. um, anyway, uh, and we've been we've been doing a lot of we've been cutting a lot of wood and stuff. I got a I got a uh, a new chainsaw chain sharpener. Okay, so let's talk about this. What this, brand is it? Oh, I don't. know. I got it from. Uh, it's like I, the the round no, file. No, no, right? no, 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 no. I got this is an electric one. Oh. So so for me to get my chains sharpened it's like eight bucks to take them somewhere and have the guy grind them yeah gets them all sharp so i was looking at chainsaw grinders and i was like how good can one be for 50 bucks i thought well you know what i got a dozen blades a dozen chains i need to sharpen right so i'm going to take a chance and i'm going to just invest now so i went up to um tractor supply and i picked up their whatever brand from china that they had it's kind of chintzy. Um, I would definitely, with as much wood as I cut, I don't. I don't suppose this guy is going to last a long time. But when I replace it, I'll buy a two hundred dollar one next time because yeah. I was amazed 
at how easy it was to use, how quick it was for me to sharpen a chain, and it, and it worked very, very well. Right, and so... It was just as good as if I'd have paid 8 bucks a pop. So if I'd have had that dozen blades sharpened, it would have cost me 100 bucks. Yeah. You know, so I spent 50 bucks and got a grinder, and and uh, and you know, two seconds I got my chain sharpened. Right. So I'm pretty geeked about that. Pretty my, straightforward. Uh, you know, you can't. Oh, excuse me. You can't use a. Um, uh, you cannot use a belt grinder. No. Yeah. No. It has to be a round. Uh, so the way. And actually, I, the wheel is kind of rounded on the bottom. Well, the way I've been using it is. Um, the way I've been sharpening my blades is steel, put out a round file. Right. And I've just been doing that. Uh, they, have, they have regular file guides. I used to have one. Yeah. That you clamp on the chain on the bar. Yeah. And you lift it up, do the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just and you go the, then you turn around. it and then you do the other one. Yeah. Then you do the opposite one. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> that's that's the way I've been doing it for freaking forever. And I'll wait until you find, like, the cat's ass version of it. <laughs> so, uh, uh... Yeah, this this worked actually pretty well for, for, um, for the, you know, for the moment. I mean, it's obviously I wouldn't be doing it for, like, 15 people or trying to do use it for a living. Yeah, as a professional. You know, but, uh, but just to sharpen my chains, it, I think it's pretty good. So Jim heats his house with wood. Yes. Long-time uh, podcast listeners will know. Um, I have not turned on my heat yet <laughs> this year. That's it's, awesome. it's it's almost uh, mid-November, and every night I have a fire, and it's enough to yep. heat the house. Because, and yep. here's my rule: when the heat finally does come on, it's set at 58. <laughs> and if you want it warmer than that. You know what to do. I have provided the wood. You know, my kids, my kids will tell you that when I was when when they were growing up, I had a I took a uh, drywall screw. Oh, excuse me, I got the yawns tonight. Maybe it was that cider. I got the um, I took a drywall screw and I put it in the thermostat so it would only go to sixty. Yeah, that was it. That was it. And basically, that was my rule. I said, look, you. I said, we got wood. I said, just. I said, I'm not asking you to build a fire. I'm not asking you to to put wood in the wood stove. All I'm asking you is to bring wood into the house. That's yeah. all you got to do. If you want to do the rest of the stuff, that's fine. But just bring the wood into the house. And my kids all laugh about that now um, when we when we talk about it. But it's pretty funny. But yeah. it's a good rule. You know what yeah. I mean? It's a good rule. Right now, um, I'm th- thinking very seriously after doing my mods to my stove and and my and the delivery system for the water. I'm really considering burning wood year round, just to heat my hot water. Yeah, you'd have to have a shut off valve so it didn't put it into the valves in your house. Right. Yeah, just shut all those and just have the hot water yeah. set up. Yeah. And I'm and I'm really I'm I mean really considering it. Yeah, a scale of one to two. Whether I would do that, I'm at a one. Because, <laughs> like, do I really want to deal with that, like, on a daily basis for showers and shit? Well, you don't don't even notice. It's the same system, same water. I know it is, but on a scale of one to two, I'm at a one for that. <laughs> okay, so uh, 
what else do we know uh um knife the, world the, wise the 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 bigger uh for american forest knife the bigger forest knife is coming out american knife company the biggest forest knife is coming out this next week um that's going to have about an inch longer blade than the than the forest knife and then um and jim and i keep meaning to do a comparison yeah video. maybe when the last one is out i'll do all three we have to we have to do a comparison video yep. and use them and and play with them. I tell you, I I have been playing with and I told somebody this the other day. I, when the first one came out, I was real excited about that knife. I just thought that that was this shit. Yeah, and I still do. I still like that it's, knife. It's awesome. Um, and then I started the playing with the smaller. Better. Yeah, the compact is better. Yeah, it's my. Well, favorite. I don't know if it's better, but well, it's, okay. It's, uh, for if me, if you if you have. Um, uh, if you don't have huge mitts, the the compact is probably a little more. You'll like it. If you have a great big hand, you're not going to like that. Yeah, right? you won't like the compact because it's because it is it, the handle is a, it's smaller. Um, it's not that much smaller. It's not doesn't make it unusable if you have big hands. It's just that you won't be as comfortable as you will yeah. with, the, with the next there, size up. There is plenty <clears throat> of handle on the regular sized mm-hmm. forest knife. Mm-hmm. And the smaller one is just literally the, I think it's the butt cap smaller. The length of the butt cap, I think, smaller. It's smaller enough, though, that it's yep. perfect for me. Yeah. I mean, and it's nice. I like it. And, and like I said, I've been using it a lot. I've been practicing carving triggers and shit like that. Yeah. Just, you know, it's been raining up here for the past month, it seems like. And so I've been yeah. making wood chips on the porch and in between cutting, cutting wood. So what, so, so, uh, Jim has scoped out some state area where there's a deer camp. Now, let's talk about this because, okay, so I have I've never shot a deer with a rifle. I've used my pistol, I've used a shotgun, uh, and I've used a bow. I have never once used a rifle, so I'm not geared for rifle hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, we could open up my safe and we could look in there. Uh, in terms of high-powered rifles, the only thing I have is a Russian-captured uh, Car uh, K98. So the Mauser Action 8mm, and I've got a loophole scout scope on there. 8mm um, would kill the fuck out of a deer. Very, very usable. Very, right. very usable. And so maybe the thing to do, so opening weekend is next Sunday. The 15th. Oh, shit, you know what? I'm going to be in Louisville that day. What's in Louisville? I have to. I had That's to. Sunday. For my, I know. For my job, I had to go down. Um, uh, and I also have to. I had to go down for some training, and then the other thing is, is I have to meet my. Uh, I'm having dinner with my old chairman because him and I are like bros. Because I was a good resident, and uh, he well, says. Come up the following weekend. Yeah. So maybe the following weekend, you and I can. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you think that Car 98 would be okay? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a nice rifle. I thought. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, is it full okay? length? I mean, is it a long rifle? Uh, should I open up the yeah, thing? Yeah, open it okay. up. Let me look at it. So here's another podcast first, and this is a lame podcast first. I'm really sorry, people. <laughs> um, so I have to unlock the safe here. Oh, and he doesn't know his combination by heart. He's got to look it up in a book. Well, I do know it, but I. There's a this thing is all fucked up. It's like this crazy way of um, 
way of opening it. It's not like your standard lock. It's like some crazy half. Is, is uh, it Sergeant Greenlee? It's got like English on it or something, you know. You have to like curve it. <laughs> I know my dad's safe was always kind of funny because he, his safe, I could never open it. I, he'd give me the combination. I'd go try to open it. Uh-uh, not working. Okay, so and then I would, uh, um, I'd go, Dad, I can't open it. He'd come down and he'd open it up. So yeah. then after he passed, um, we were basically, my mom was saying, take all those guns downstairs. You know, those are, your dad said you were to have all those. So I went down there and I'm opening up the safe and. I'm like it wouldn't. No, I couldn't get it, the damn thing open. You know, I got the I got the combination, got everything set, could not get it open. I was like all oh, pissed oh, off. Oh, I could use this. I'd have to sight it in. It's my muzzle loader. Yeah, that would work. Okay, so um, we we yeah, we have to work. just take a couple minutes to sight it in and stuff. But I'm I've. Uh, How do you open this? Like this? Um, yeah, like that. Okay. It's a it's a uh, breech loading Triumph uh, bone collector muzzle loader. Yeah, this is nice. Yeah, and then here's the here's the high powered rifle. This is actually the only high power I own except for an eight uh, SKS. It's a Russian capture uh, eight millimeter Mauser. Well, you could surely use this. I don't know if you'd want to, but you surely could use it. Well, I, I I don't see a reason not to. It's got it actually. It is a tack driver, but I'd need to recite it in. I, the other thing I need to do is get somebody to take care of some of this rust down oh, yeah. there eventually. Get your Dremel tool out. Well, I I'm, I would have a professional take care of that. Yeah, so you could use this real good woods gun. Yeah, well, that's why I that's why I built it is because I was supposed to go uh, deer hunting with some guy in Kentucky, but he and he's yeah, you know, if you take a you take a uh, steel wool or yep, and just buff that off of there and then oil. Hey, can I send that with you? This? Yeah, I'll take. I'll clean this up. Okay, so that's what I'll use, and then I'll have to find some good ammo for it. But do you see? I got the I got the reproduction. uh, Mm Mm-hmm. Actual, because the 8mm Mauser has this crazy uh, way of attach, sling, yeah. a, attach, attaching a sling. <clears throat> um, let me, I might ha- even have some, that's the safety. Mm-hmm. So I might even have some uh, ammo to send with you if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. The Bolton, I mean, it fires. It's a fantastic weapon. Mm-hmm. It's just it was a Russian capture and they didn't take the greatest care of it. Nope, but that's fine. Um Actually, you could make a nice rifle out of this if you wanted to. Well, that's what I thought, and that's why I bought it. I bought it a Buck's gun. Now, the iron sights on it were ass. They were way <laughs> off, and so I know for a fact that this uh, rifle was never actually used to kill anyone because you couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Standing on the inside. Uh, and the, the, the reason being that... Um, so I'm going to show Jim some markings over here. Um, so that was a... SS. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this was an actual SS gun. But the, the problem being is that the uh, the sights, the way they had it installed and the way the barrel was bored out, it, it hits the same spot every time. It just hit way high and way to the right. 
and I took that out to Knob Creek in uh, Kentucky, and I worked and worked and worked, and I could never get it to to fire the way I wanted it to, so that's why I ended up putting a scout scope on it, because I tuned it um, to be able to hit stuff. I'm going to send that with you. Yeah. And then... Uh, yeah, I'll clean it up. And then if you if you would do me the favor, I can either... I can see if I have any ammo for it, uh, or I can give you a bunch of money to buy a bunch oh. of 8mm. Because <laughs> um, 8mm is somewhat hard to find. Is it? Yeah, it's not the most common round. Um, alternatively, if, if this can't happen in time, I do have this Triumph. I d- would just need to sight it in, because um, it's been some time since I've fired it, mm-hmm. and I'm not confident in the scope. This is, I bet you this is a deer-killing bastard right here. Oh, yeah. So Jim's holding up the uh, 8mm. No, I bet you this is a deer-killing bastard. Okay, so I'm going to send that with you. All right. And then uh, we'll figure it out. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll figure something out here. Um, yeah, set that up. Set that somewhere. Yeah, I will. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's a nice rifle. Yeah, be a, you'll be you'll have fun with that. Well, and the, the only reason I bought it... I mean, when you hit something... I mean, I I know that they make ammo, deer-killing ammo for that. Oh, yeah, they be do. Like a, you know, it's a horn... They make hornady stuff yeah. and all that. It's just finding it, big, you know. Big soft point. Yeah, and so... Because uh, that's I, big around. Yeah, I have some stuff on hand that will... That it's a silly millimeter wider. Yeah, and so... Um, but the, honestly, the only reason I bought that is because at the time I was way into Hemingway. But he was really big into talking about Mausers. Mm-hmm. And the Mauser is not particular to the Car 98K, but the Car 98K at the time was the only, was the cheapest option for me to get the actual Mauser action. Mm-hmm. And that, that rifle. Those things are bomb-proof. It just so happens that mine, um, and if you look down the barrel, the barrel is pristine. The guy probably shot it like three times and got did taken you know, prisoner. Did you know that the Springfield 03 is a Mauser copy, direct patent infringement copy of a Mauser yeah, action? Probably. So if you if you like Mauser actions and you're looking for a if you're looking for an American rifle. You can pick yourself up a 03A3, 30-06. Yeah. And a lot of them were sporterized. A lot of guys brought them home from the war. Yeah. And they sporterized them. And they're they're around. You can find them. Uh, I have one um, that I absolutely love. It was the first rifle I ever took out West Hunting. Yeah. And, uh, and then it's an easy round to find because it's 30-06. But it is, it is a very, very sturdy Mauser action. But a lot of these... They made them into magnums. Oh, bigger, bigger. Mm-hmm. Cal- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they could. Yeah, well, very the, strong, very sturdy action. The guy my dad bought his house from was like a World War Two, like the real deal World War Two vet, mm-hmm. and he had a Springfield mm-hmm. that he swore by, and mm-hmm. he had uh, ammo from it from the war and everything that he brought back mm-hmm. with him. So that was kind of a neat. I didn't I didn't know that about the uh, Springfield being a, mm-hmm. a copy of that. Um, yep, it's a, it's a you look at them side by side and they're virtually identical. Okay, the only so thing is they don't have that when you remove the bolt, they don't the bolt doesn't come out the same way. It, it's a little bit different. There's not a lever there used to trigger. Yeah. 
So anyway, Jim will see what he can do with it. Um, I When I was out at Knob Creek with that, when I got the scope dialed in, at 250 yards, it was yep. touching. They're nice. You know, uh, my uh, my thing is is like I'm so good with a rifle. Um, if I can at 250 yards uh, touch, you know, that's about as good as I'm going to be able to do as a marksman. Right. So and that that rifle is capable of it. It's mm-hmm. just that with the and I have somewhere in my office the uh, actual sights that came on it, so mm-hmm. I can always put them back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the actual sights that were on the rifle, it was shooting high end to the right, like 20 inches. So that that I I can guarantee you that nobody ever hit anything with that <laughs> rifle, and that's why I they had a at Buck's Gun in Louisville. They had this huge, they had two huge garbage barrels, you know, the 55 gallon barrels mm-hmm. full of Russian captures. And I went through and I looked at every single rifle and I looked down the barrel. And this was the one that had pristine rifling, no monkey business, no nothing. Uh, it, it was like it had never been shot. And I'm like, okay, well, this is the one. And the reason it was never shot is because it's high in <laughs> the right. But, uh, That's awesome. Or it was an officer's gun or something like yeah. that. Who knows? Well, that'll that'll work. It'll, that'll kill deer. Oh, hell yeah. Shit, I can kill a deer yeah. with anything. It's just... I, 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 I need to get it. Put a bayonet on it. You can stab them. Yeah, that's brutal. Though. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a fan of killing animals when you have a better method. Like, and we've talked about this on the podcast before. Um, I'm a knife maker, and I'm a very big knife enthusiast. I also have respect for the animal, you know. And it's just, listen, if you do that, that's fine. I'm not telling you not to. It's just. For me personally, I am not looking to kill an animal with. A you know, knife. Kathy and I just started watching a, a a show that's on I think the History Channel or on Discovery. I don't remember which one it is, but it's called The Great Wild North, and okay. it's about trappers in the Yukon. Right. And it's relatively intriguing. Okay. Um, like I think there's like four different groups of them. One of them is a husband and wife team with a little two year old kid. Yeah, you know, and they're they're out in the middle of freaking when they when you say you're out in the in the bush and you're where they're at, it yeah. is the it is like yeah, a hardcore. million miles from nowhere, real deal stuff. Yep here. they they don't have a they don't have a um, this chair is really quite comfortable, isn't it? Yeah, that's an IKEA chair, dude. <clears throat> they uh they don't have like nine one one yeah to call to come get me. They can't even. They can't even. They fly in and out. There's no roads that even yeah. get to where they're yeah, at. Yeah, there's places like that where you they have cheap flights because that's the only way in and out of the area. Yep. And they're like subsidized or whatever. Here's a gun you might be interested in. Because um, I'm having to rearrange my. Uh, I've got a whole bunch of shit in here. I need to get another safe. But um, let's see if you can look at this and tell me what it is. Um, this is extremely, extremely rare. Uh, and I wouldn't have bought it myself, but it, it was passed down to me. Um, extremely, extremely rare firearm. And I need to have uh, Tim Zawada make me another hammer for that. 
All right, so it's not shootable. Not yeah, not with modern ammunition. You would have right, to hand powder because it is a. Uh, this it, is it, old. It was still a cartridge. It was a cartridge-driven yes. thing. Yes, but it's Damascus barrel. Yeah, it's, so I've got a double-barrel Damascus twist, 12 gauge. Yeah. That my great great grandfather had. It's got cobwebs inside it. I know because I I have never shot it and I haven't I haven't messed a whole lot with it. Actually, there's a spider in there. Oh, good. <laughs> well, if you keep the flies out at least. Yeah. And it's missing a hammer, but it's re everything else is it's intact. Is there a name stamped on it anywhere? There may be. Right there. Yeah, this is a. Nice. So this is a. Uh, what are these? The safety glasses? Yeah, those are my safety glasses. This is a uh, family heirloom uh, that was passed down to me because I was the best shot in the family type of thing, you know. Like, I. Whose was this? Your grandpa's. Great great grandfather's passed to my grandfather and then uh, passed to me. Um, double barrel Damascus twist, uh, twelve gauge, uh, and. You know, nobody ever fired it because, one, uh, if you look at the barrel, somebody at one point did fire it and it chipped the barrel out because they probably used a modern shell. Yeah, I can't read It's that. Okay, so it's uh, W. Richard. So it's probably a, a one maker, one yeah. guy that made these. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, so. Yeah, this is very cool. This is definitely This is definitely worth hanging on your wall. Yeah, well, it was hanging on my wall, but I'm going now. Um, what happened? To, what happened to the hammer? Uh, nobody knows what happened to the hammer. It would be easy enough to make it. Mm -hmm. Everything might, is still intact. You might I even think, be able to buy one. Well, I'd, I'd have Zawada make me one. I would have Zawada make me one if I was going to do it. Yeah. Um, you got to nail this. I, actually, I referred. Uh, I referred some business to Zawada lately. Oh yeah. Uh, Apparently, it's widely known at the hospital that I'm a knife maker. And some guy asked me to make him a tomahawk, one of the surgical techs, and I'm like, I can't make that. You know, there is a there is a knife maker. There's a tomahawk maker. You see those tomahawks that I have that I that I bought on eBay? I bought them on... I didn't buy them on eBay. They were on eBay. Right. Or on Craigslist or something. Years ago, that... I have a Focos. Right, and this guy was making a tomahawk, and right. he was and he was selling them on. Um, I'm pretty sure it was on Craigslist. Okay. So he's a tech at the hospital. Yeah. Somewhere, and what happened was I said, "Hey," um, I contacted him, and I ended up buying his the one tomahawk he sent it to me, and I said, "Can you make me?" And I described what I wanted. Yeah. And he made the first one. Yeah, and it was uh, um, the focus. And then after he made me that one, I told him he's way too cheap. What are you selling this stuff for? Yeah. And I said, you know, you can probably get three times this much money, at least two. Yeah. And um, so he, and I think he's kind of successful. You see him once in a while. You see him on his website, and, but he's from uh, maybe Kingsley. Kings, Kentucky, or no, no, Pakistan, or whatever. Michigan. Okay. He works at your hospital. He worked at your hospital. Maybe he doesn't okay. anymore, but but he used to work at your hospital. So some, Tim's going to make a tomahawk for him? 
Well, I, I referred him. He, he held up this picture of, like, Geronimo or Sitting Bull or one of these guys with a tomahawk, and he wanted that. And I'm like, I could do that. I would have to tool up to do it. And there's somebody so much better at that and has, like, an actual auto hammer that this is who I would contract with to do that for me. And so I sent him up to Tim's Wada. Um, and we'll see what happens with that. Um, so getting back to this animal cruelty thing, do you know why there's a guard here? So I, I'm going to hold up for Jim. I'm going to, I got to find it first. But I'll, so this is the actual knife um, that we used on the expedition. This is the actual knife. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I just held him up the, uh, Dave Canterbury's Pathfinder knife that was made with Blind Horse. And Blind Horse is, of course, no, no longer in business, and I have an actual Blind Horse Dave Canterbury knife. Okay, that's the actual knife that we used. Um, the problems that we had with that knife, and I've got a 30 fucking minute video explaining all of this, but the, it's got a Scandi grind on it, which wasn't for us. I mean, it's a fantastic grind. It's a fantastic knife. Um, this is a great knife, um, but it wasn't for us because of various different Terrain things. Terrain and that kind of stuff. But, and by the, I mean, they would rust in like two seconds because these are not high finished, um, these high polished, are high polished uh, things. It's a great knife. I'm not knocking it, but Mickey and I sat down and we figured out the stuff that we were actually doing with these knives. And here's, you want to know what the number one thing we did with this knife that was a failing was? We would chase wild boars down to a river or something that they couldn't cross or into a gully or something that they couldn't get out of. And then one guy stands with a um, branch of a tree and whacks it in the head. And the other guy takes the knife in a stabbing grip and stabs it, okay, uh, in the heart. And this is how we would kill him. And it, it, listen, I, I wish that it could have been different, um, but we either eat the thing or we don't eat the thing, right. and we fucking starve. I wish I could have done that differently. I wish it would have been different than it was, but this is how it was. And so, so now what happens... some kind of a guard. Right, and so there's a there's a little bit of a slope here. The problem was is that our fingers would run up onto the blade and you'd get cut. So um, the the expedition knife is a, a direct descendant of it. I just fixed the things um, to yeah, a little make different it, grind. A little bit different grind. Um, little, it's the same blade length. Um, I, I did a Lon Humphrey guard on these, and I made the handle um, so that it would be useful in a variety of grips because it's an all-purpose knife. It's not just for whittling spoons and shit. Right. You know, and so that's what I came up with. Um, so actually, Jim has now seen the, the inspiration and mm -hmm. the final product. Um, and then the sheaths are different. So, All right. So here's what... Um, I'm not shipping them with these sheaths, but I'm going to show Jim for the podcast. Uh, Jim is a big believer in leather, and so am I. I love it. Um, but a year in, in swamps and jungle and in and out of water 
those leather sheaths, like on that one, just disintegrated. And it's awesome. It's a great product. Um, I'll show you another thing. Where these, uh, here's where we have the problems. Right here. Mm-hmm. So the leather swells, shrinks, swells, shrinks, swells, shrinks, and all of these screws come un- unattached on the Pathfinder knife. Mm-hmm. And so we, we reinforced them with super glue and all kinds of other things, and we, we ended up having to like sew paracord and shit through there. It's a, it's, it's awesome if you're not going to be a year in and out of water. So what I did was I had Eli from Godspeed Tactical replace that with, uh, piece of vinyl he's got some sort of material so look on godspeed tactical and we redid the sheath and the other thing i did is those those holes the grommets in there are just randomly placed Mm -hmm. my anytime i'm doing grommets on a sheath place them at two inches because that's where they need to be in order to attach to molly okay so I, I just took all of the things that were problems with the that we we found, and I just redid it. Speaking um, of attaching to Molly, this is what I had. Oh, let's see what you got. Ooh, what's this? That's a knife I carried when I was in, I don't know, overseas somewhere. Hell yeah, dude! This is awesome. Oh, yeah, blackjack. Wow. This is nice. Tell them about it. It's I'm a looking blackjack. At. I believe it's a... I think they called it the Model 15. Wow. It was the Jet Pilot... It's a, it's their their version of a Jet Pilot survival knife. It's an A2. Yeah. yeah. And I think we probably know the maker of that. Yep. Um... Yep, very cool knife, and it's got a it's got a Molly attachment on the back. So yeah, I had this actually Mollyed into right, my... and you can you can you can do that. Um, you can you can modify a sheath or or do other things to make it work. Uh, I try to make my stuff idiot proof, and so I, I you know I, I redesigned the sheath. And hats off to Dave Canterbury. It's a great knife, and it it served its purpose on the expedition, and and all of those knives are still in existence. Um, but we just we just changed it just slightly for for the next go you around. Know, I'm really surprised. Is, don't you have a, uh, you uh, have a oh a uh, drawer? No, no, one of those. Uh, yeah, pull out. Yeah, I know. There should be one. I don't think there's yeah, one there's on here. One. You know what really surprised me about that uh, about that knife is how thick here, it is. Here, yeah, there is how thick it is. That surprised me. Um. I would have not thought that that would be that thick, that Pathfinder knife. Yeah, there. Again, I'm not. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the Pathfinder knife. Um, you can't get them anymore. Uh, at least made as made by Blind Horse, because Blind Horse is no longer in existence. But um, anyway. Uh, you know, you, you you modify things based on experience, and this is what Mickey and I came up with. Uh, and he has, so there were six of them made. The double O model is mine, and that's the one that you see there. Mm-hmm. I also textured the handle for ones that are actually going to be used in jungle, because um, it is wet and it is shitty and all this. Uh, 
but it's a pain in the ass to texture those handles, and I textured it to a topographic map. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Um, uh, so he has number one. I have the double O model. Number two is going to Scott Eldridge. Number three is warped, and I will have to fix it before I would ever sell it. Uh, number four goes to uh, uh, Bear, and number five is going to an active duty uh, Marine um, that's a friend of mine through a family member. Anyway, um, this is a lot of knife con- content. Uh, you want to talk about something? Uh, you want to talk about snowdrift? Yeah. Okay, so Jim and I haven't talked about this. Um, okay, so the, before we go into that, something awful happened today that is a, a comedy of errors. <laughs> and I'm not super proud of it, but, you know, listen. Um, Shame. It happens. Should happen. It should happen sometimes, and even the guy that helped bail me out of this said should happen. So I've got this awesome race car. Um, and I bought, the day I bought the, the car, I bought snow tires for it. And, uh, half a dozen times, and, and the, the snow tires I bought are already mounted and balanced on new rims. But in order to put the new rims on there, the rims have a deeper channel that your lug nuts go through, so you have to have new lug nuts. So... A half a dozen times, the guy, I, I, I dealt with the owner of the company, right? Like, I, I went, I was referred straight to the top guy of this particular company. And I'm not going to say it because they did right by me, and it's a good company in all of this. Anyway, uh, went straight to the top guy, and I ordered my snow tire, and he said, well, you're going to need new lug nuts for that. And I'm like, okay, well, this is a 2016 and the lug nuts may have changed from previous years, right? So um, please double check to make sure that you have the right lug nuts. And he's like, yeah, I did. And I'm like, so did you call Subaru? He's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, so you have checked and verified, and I did this six times. <laughs> I counted. I asked him six times whether the lug nuts are right. So and there's my, uh, there's actually the first fixed blade that my dad ever bought me. Yeah, book. A little buck uh, hunt. I can't remember the model number. And that's actually a replacement because the original one is lost to time. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, I asked him six times, you're sure these are the right lug nuts? And then I went and picked up the wheels. wheels. I'm like, you're sure these are the right lug nuts? He's like, absolutely, these are the right ones. So today, uh, it's it's finally getting cool enough where I feel comfortable Replacing out the yeah, summer it's tires. Yeah, snow in the next couple of weeks, probably. Right. So I go out there and I get everything set up. I get the car jacked up, right rear tire. I backed into my little garage, and uh, got the car jacked up, got everything set up, and uh, so I take off the original wheel, no problem. Put the new wheel on, and uh, thread the lug nuts on. And then take my impact wrench, which, of course, I've got an impact wrench. Of course, I'm going to use it. That's how it's done in your fucking local tire shop. And I go, and I'm like, uh-oh. Started, it started chattering way too early. It started, but as soon as I got it started on there, it started chattering like a quarter inch in. And I'm like, uh-oh. So That's I backed it off. And 
he ordered the wrong lug nuts. Shame. Just enough to keep it from... First in the flank. Get the shot. Get the shot. It's crashing. It's crashing. It's crashing. Terrible. Oh, my. Get out of the way, please. It's running and bursting into flames and, and it's falling on the morning path. And all the folks would believe that this is terrible. This is the worst of the worst catastrophes in the world. Oh, it's, it's, it's the place is funny. Oh, four or five hundred feet into the sky. It's a terrific crash, ladies and gentlemen. The smoke and the flames now. Andy Frame is crashing to the ground. Not quite to the mooring mass. Oh, the humanity. Shame. The... The Subaru, just so in case everybody knows, the Subaru STIs uh, 2016 are M12 1.25 threads. He ordered M12 1.5 threads. Which are the older ones? I don't know. I, I don't know how the mistake was made, but the mistake was made, and now my my lug nuts are cross-threaded. So I called Did them you, up. All of them, just one. Just one. But that's enough. Yeah. You're fucked. And so I'm like, dude, uh, we got a problem. And he's like, what? And I'm like, well, um, those are the wrong lug nuts. And I accidentally drove one on. <laughs> drove one on. And he's like, okay, well, see what you can do. And so like, he he of course offered to replace the studs and all this. And you know, like, listen. Yeah, that. he got it right. Yeah, he did the right thing and stuff. But so it ended up that. I had to have a flatbed tower come out here. And then I was, like, afraid to put the wheel back on. Ah, you'd have been all right. But eventually we, we got the wheel back on and got it up there, and so the STI is now getting new uh, studs put on the... And I'll, I'll get new OEM nuts and all this. But anyway, lesson learned, you know, like, you ask somebody six times... You figure it was right. I figured it was right. This is the owner of the company. This yep. is this guy's reputation, you know. And anyway. It's crazy. Not super happy. Well, so let's talk uh, just briefly before the end. Um, we still have to give credit to Jer Bear for getting me into the back into the car thing. I was <laughs> always into the car thing, but I kind of went through this nascent period when I had kids. Um, you still got kids. I know, but when and the I expensive first, part hasn't even started yet. I know, but 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 so anyway, I went through this nascent period where I didn't do anything with cars and I drove hoopties and all this because I was the responsible dad. Mm-hmm. Well, so I bought this race car, and the reason I bought the race car is uh, I rode up here, I rode up to Glib with him, and that's all we talked about. And then he's like, "You got to get Forza for the Xbox One," and so I got it. And I drove this Subaru STI on there, and I was like, oh, my God, I have to have that car. <laughs> and so I bought the car, and, and now I'm in deep, deep, deep into this racing thing, deep into it, like way deep. And so Jim and I have had uh, plans, and we have to talk about the team name here briefly, but Jim and I have some plans. Um, for sure next year we're doing the Michigan Gumball, which from all of the intelligence that I've gotten back from our very diligent podcast listeners, isn't technically a race, um, but it kind of matters the order that you turn up at the checkpoints. Not really, but kind of. You know, so you can drive it at 55 and nobody's going to say anything. Anyway, it's not a race, and Jim and I aren't. Jim and I, uh, quote unquote, are not racing. Okay, so we're doing the Michigan Gumball. 
And the other one that uh, I looked into signing Jim and I up for is the uh, Snowfield Race, which is in Michigan, which is a famous rally race across. But that's a, is that on it's snow. called the Snowdrift. It starts in Atlanta, Michigan. Yes. Uh, and um, anyway, so I got looking into it, and I got I that's went been on, to, going on for a long time. Right. I went to sign us up. Now here's the problem. Uh, you have to have a rally racing license through them. Oh. And so you have to you have to either have a full competitive license, um, which I'm getting to it. You either have to have a full competitive license and racing experience that you can document, or uh, you can apply for a novice license. And both the driver and the passenger have to, and the and the um, co-driver have to apply for this license. It's not hmm. it's not a bunch of money, but here's the problem with the novice license. My car, you cannot race it as a novice because it's too high horsepower. You have to have a two-wheel drive hoopty to race it. In what? That. Yeah. So 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 here's what I'm going to do. Okay, we won't be able to race the snowfield this year, but in that's the, sucky. I know in the spring. I'm going to go on a uh, course where you go out to Laguna Seca Raceway in California, and you spend three days there in Formula. You're taking me with you. If you got the money, if you got the money, honey, I will I will bring you along, and we will do a <laughs> podcast from there. It's expensive because you go there, and you race with real Formula One drivers that train you how to drive these, and you drive real Formula One cars. And they, they train you how to do this, and at the end of that, you can get a full racing, open wheel, whatever, an actual racing license. Hmm. Um, and so in the spring, I'm going to do that. I'm going And I was going to do this that's, anyway. That's not but the only way you get one. No, it's not the only way, but this is the easiest way. You just have to pay a lot of money because wow. you're getting the real training. And uh, You'd think they would have something like that in Indianapolis. They probably do. Um, I'm kind of enamored with the Laguna Seca course, though, because there's this corkscrew in there that is like a killer corkscrew. Uh, and I'm also enamored with the fact that I'm racing with, like, and, and being trained by guys that actually do it every day. And this is something we've emphasized on the podcast over and over again. If you're going to spend the money to go for training, go to the real fucking guys. Yep. And these are the real guys. So I won't be able to do the snow drift this year, but next by this time next year, I'll have a full competitive license, which will be honored anywhere by any organization. Um, so, so can we do the jeep with my? Can we do that snow drift with my jeep? I don't think so. It's too high center of gravity. Um, what what you need to do is go onto the website and see if we have access. My old hoopty. The Fusion, or the Focus, would have been fine. We could have done it with that, but I don't have the Focus anymore. Mm. Right, so we have to, if, if you, you, you should go onto the website. There's a like a 140-page rule book that describes all the stuff you have to do. We could possibly still do it, um, but we'd have to have a different car than either you or I um, possess. Now we have. Um, now let's see. We could buy a hoopty for a hundred bucks and then race it, um, but uh, they may frown on it because it's got to have some safety modifications done to it. Um, hmm. My car is race ready. 
like I can take it out and race it tomorrow. It's a race ready car. Um, now, in terms of the gumball, we had a lot of suggestions for names, and a whole <laughs> bunch of them were focused around hipsters. Yep. Now, what what are your thoughts? Oh, it's, it doesn't matter. I was teasing a lot on Facebook about that stuff. But yeah. It doesn't really matter to me. It it really doesn't matter to me. Um, kind of in order for our long-term goal to be met, to, to get into like an actual gumball, they you have to apply for that. Mm-hmm. And they have to like your story. And it has to be something that's interesting that they can film. Like, and so the reason I'm... I'm trending towards these more colorful names is because you can have a you can dress up to be that particular way and then you'll probably be a shoe in <laughs> um, so one of the one of the names uh, because Jim and I both hate collectivists and we both yep. hate hipsters one of the names was the uh, hipster collective uh, which uh, you know People, I'm just not wearing. I'm not wearing. Uh, uh, what are the skinny jeans or no, whatever? No, no, I, I could never wear skinny jeans. They wouldn't fit over my calves. Me neither. Um, or my thighs. Uh, the uh, what's the other one? The culottes. Uh, they're not culottes. They kind of look like culottes, but that's for a girl. Oh, you mean capris? Capris, yeah. No, we're not doing that. But I think we could wear plaid, and we I could wear plaid get anyway. Well, I know that's the thing is that's the reason people always accuse us of being hipsters is because of the way we dress normally. Jim actually has plaid on <laughs> right, right now, <laughs> and he's got facial hair, um, and I've got goofy glasses. But I had all of this before hipsters were such a thing. Goofy glasses is part of it. Yeah, we can get you some fake glasses or whatever to wear. Um, but we'll be all like snooty and we'll have like obscure music blasting from the stereo. <laughs> anyway, this is kind of what I'm leaning towards unless there were strong feelings another way. Like the hipster collective. Um, I know you like that. That was a really good suggestion. Um, so I, I think probably what I'm going to do is I'm going to fill out our entry form and get actually into that race so that we're. Yeah, because there's ready limited to go. spots. Yeah, there, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a big deal. You have to apply yep. and yeah, need to get on that. Now, uh, um, let's see what else were we going to talk about? So our race team, uh, deer hunting, deer hunting. We're eating Italian beef and sausage combos tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go to a blues show tonight. Oh yeah. Anything new with Bark River? Are they making any new models? Or are they <sighs> the the Barongs are back? Or when are those when are those coming out? <laughs> he's he's wrestling. He hasn't seen, found a sheet that he likes yet. Okay. And the the conversation actually it's going to be a top release sheath is what it's going to have to be with that. The conversation actually st- started leaning toward um a wooden sheath. That's going to be hard to execute for a, a cust, uh, semi-custom knife well, drop. I don't know. I, 300 of them? There's, yeah. yeah. Well, the the problem is there's so much leather in the sheath that the leather is, like... Worth more than the knife, <laughs> than the knife is. is. Yeah. So so we were, we were talking about other options 
and uh, one of the one of the options was to take a, have have a machined uh-huh. have blocks of wood machined two pieces and then put them together with leather straps. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's glue them, glue them and put them together with leather straps. Well, and if you go in country, if there is a sheath, it's a wooden sheath. Yeah. So that's kind of what I mean, we were laughing about it, but you know, it, it would make sense. Half you could the do time, it pretty it's, it's bamboo that they split and yeah. just rig something that they tie with a rope to their waist or whatever. <clears throat> um, but I thought that could be done. It could be done cheaper than than. It more than likely could be done cheaper than the le- than leather. Yeah, because then you just got a bunch of leather straps that you just cut and snap around the outside of them. Yeah, and that's that's actually a lot more authentic than right. So that was a cool. That was kind of a cool uh, uh, cool conversation that we had about that. We were kind of chuckling and laughing. So the on the bottom shelf there, uh, if you look, there's the M18. That's a way yep. to do it with yep. Kydex, and then just directly behind that. Is my original lawnmower ba- blade parang? Right. And That'd be another way to do it. Um, just a loose fitting, loose fitting Kydex sheath. Yeah. Is a, is a way to do that. Um, and you might have to opt for this. That's a that's a really good way to do it, and it's highly functional. If you look, everything about that that's Molly uh, compatible, um, and that's. Honestly, I've used that over and over and over and over and over again, and it's never failed to meet exactly what you want it to be. I tell you what, that thing is bad ass. I know. <laughs> I, I, I haven't had my hands on one it's, yet, but it looks... It is bad ass. It looks every it, bit... The, and I don't know what he's going to do with the, with the sheath. Yeah. But... It'll be nice when he's done with it. Whatever it is, it'll be nice. Yeah, he'll figure it out. This is this is yep. top top guy here. Yep. Uh, we we have anything else to cover? It's getting cold up here. Leaves are all gone. Well, for you, I still have leaves. You know what I saw this morning when I was waking up and I looked out and on the backyard. Frost. No, it was either a pileated woodpecker. Oh yeah, yeah. Or it was the big, the tallest fucking woodpecker I've ever seen. Oh, it probably was. Affiliated. It probably was. Do you have a uh, Do you have a tree back there that's rotten? I mean, they'll. I mean, yeah. There's a few of them. There's a few ashes back it, there. It's kind of yeah. funny because they, you know, people get all pissed off because we, if you ever see a tree that they go after, you're you're gonna shit because there is. You'd think that somebody was hitting on it with an axe. Yeah. Ripping it, ripping it apart because that's what they. But they go after trees that are dying and yeah. are rotten. They don't kill the trees. They go after trees that are already infested. Because it's easy mode for them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They go. They go to trees that are that are already infested and they're ripping them apart. They are cool as hell. I got. There was a tree that was right next to our house that I caught one on with my camera, and I took a, a boatload of pictures of him on there. They're cool as hell. Yeah. Well, I saw. I positively ID'd one in Iowa. Mm-hmm. This one was too far back in the woods for me to positively ID it. But they're big. Yeah, it's like it's like a freaking. Yeah, they're big. It's like a, a 18 inch bird sitting yep. on the side of a tree, and yep. there's only one bird that I know of that does it like that. 
Now, I've only been in Michigan for a few months, so maybe there's something else. No. The weird thing is, is your Blue Jays are like fucking crows here. Yeah. I saw a Blue Jay out under the tree the other day when I was in my knife shop. These are way bigger than Iowa Blue Jays. Well, have you seen our crows? Yeah, I, we, I've, I've seen lots of crows. No, the, the crows are standard. The Blue Jays are three times the yeah, size of Blue Jays big. I've seen anywhere they're else. They're very big. And they're mean. Yeah, no. They, they, other birds don't like to eat with them. Well, and then the the other thing is, is like, you'll only, the Jays are rare up here. You'll only see one of them. Uh, That's because everybody shoots them. <laughs> well. Because they, they chase away, anybody that feeds birds hates the jays speak well out of everybody but most people do because they when they go to a feeder they chase everybody else away yeah typically but um but the thing is is like i think the jays are so big up here that you're only going to see one within a given geographic area because they'll chase the other jays away so there's one jay that's flying around flying around this area i've seen him a couple times and my daughter who's big into birds has seen him a couple times yeah the the um there, we have a, we have a unique. Uh, you know the thing that we haven't heard a lot lately is owls. For uh, some reason we barred. have not. Yeah, we have I have not. a barred owl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we normally hear them all the time. What I need to do is splice in a clip of a barred owl here. Yep. Like if you hear them, you will never forget that right. sound. Yep. <laughs> have a lot of different kinds of owls by like three different kinds of owls by us and and you normally and but for some reason this this summer we have not heard them hmm. i don't know what the hell's going on with that yeah they're they're eloping they're in mute they're in mute mode yeah anything else uh-uh. okay so uh what do you have to say to our podcast listeners about how to reach us there's a bunch uh, of other stuff that we probably should have yeah, gotten to. I we just should be addressing, but we got to go to hear some blues. Yeah, we got to eat some dinner. I got to yep. finish our dinner. Ooh, fuck. Yeah, I got to get busy on that. All right. So, um, like us on Facebook. Um, watch for the the website changes that are coming up. I am in the process of uh, doing that. We're changing that over to a, uh, a WordPress style site that you'll have inputs on. Yep. Um, like us on Facebook. Uh, check us out on the web. Like uh, friend, both of us, Kyle and I, were we're pretty uh, open to uh, having friends. And unless you're a Russian hooker, if you're a Russian hooker, don't bother because we're you're you're just gonna get tossed yeah, it's out. It's not gonna happen. Yep. And um, so if you are a Russian hooker, just send a picture of some dude. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll probably, we'll probably friend you anyway, oh, and then you can do your Russian You, you want to do a political rant for like eight no, seconds? No, 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 we can't, we can't. Just, okay, I'm going to leave everybody with this one thing. Uh, okay, that's it. That's all you guys that's get. That's all you here. get. We'll rant about it next time. Yeah, we don't have time tonight. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, keep your knife sharp and your friend sharper. And go outside and play, suckers. Yeah, yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.